0: Blog Talk Radio. Music
1: your relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, she's appeared on Oprah, Good Morning America, and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine. The creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money and Save seminars, she's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hello
0: everyone. Welcome, welcome to the Good Love radio hour. I'm your good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, and we have a fabulous program right now for you, and we want to start by talking about a proverb. Most of you have heard it, and it has a really special meaning for us right now. That proverb is, and I've modernized it a little bit, as a person thinks in their heart, so will they be. Now, just ponder that for a moment. As a person thinks in their heart, so will they be. As you are thinking right now, so you will be. And that is really true when it comes to your M-O-N-E-Y. So get ready right now to go deep in your heart so you can reveal the financial truth that are shaping your life, and today we're going to talk with someone who's going to help you to transform your life. Our guest today is Otis Buckley. Through his book, Payday Proverbs, he's going to help you to extract gold from biblical texts and then make that gold pay off in your everyday life with your money and your finances. Now, is that good or good? I think it's great. Now, this is true regardless of your spiritual path or your faith beliefs. These truths serve everyone. It doesn't matter if you're married or single, employed, seeking work, if you're a full-time professional homemaker, if you're an entrepreneur. Payday Proverbs will help you to transform and fine-tune your beliefs and your thoughts about money. And isn't it time we did some fine-tuning? Now, remember on Good Love Radio, we always focus on why good love is essential to your greatness. Yes, your greatness. How to identify the negative thought patterns that are blocking you from good love and today blocking you from good money and how you can break the chains of what happened back then so you're free to experience what's happening right now and what is truly, truly in store for you in your life. Now, we have a mantra that we do on Good Love Radio, and I want you to do it with me. It goes like this. I am worthy. Say that to yourself or say it out loud. I am worthy, and I am deserving. Say it out loud or to yourself. I am deserving, and I love me... Go ahead, I love me, that's the big one, unconditionally, unconditionally. Now, that is very important. I am worthy, I am deserving, and I love me unconditionally because your self-worth is equal to your net worth, everybody. So let me tell you about our fabulous guest, Mr. Otis Buckley, found a way to help thousands transcend their perceived consciousness of lack. His groundbreaking work, Payday Proverbs, helps to transform pre-existing thoughts you may have about money. In his book, he teaches financial keys. And once you implement those keys, hang on to your hat because they will cause your resources to multiply, teach you practical wisdom about saving, and give you tools to move beyond paycheck living. Now, you know what paycheck living is. That's paycheck to paycheck. Let's get right into it. Mr. Otis Buckley, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, and it's truly a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, the pleasure is all mine, and I want to thank you for your patience. You know, we had a little bit of a false start when we were getting ready to do the show Tuesday night, and I want to publicly take full responsibility for that. That was on me. And I make no excuses, but I will give some information, which is your good love doctor was a little jet lagged and missed the cue by 10 minutes to start the show. So I want to thank Cliff and Otis for regrouping and being right back here to bring it to you bigger and better today. Now, Otis, I want to know, tell us about your story. How did you get started in your life? Because there's something in your life that holds the key to how you got to payday proverb.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, and I just want to say again, it is truly a pleasure to be here, and, and, and I enjoy uh, the service uh, to, to all mankind that you are offering. And so, uh, again, this is just a wonderful opportunity to, to, to contribute to that ongoing success. Um, I will tell you that my story... Uh, is not much different from uh, many other people in that um, I grew up with um, a particular idea about money. And that idea uh, about money came from the the paradigm in which the culture I was raised, so my family, uh, the community I was raised in, uh, the people that I had uh, most exposure to. Uh, so much like many of us, we tend to take on um, the thoughts, the ideas, and the, the truths as they are uh, according to, to whatever community from which we derived. So my story really starts there. And what did that look like? Well, uh, raised by my grandmother and my mother, um, uh, didn't didn't really have a a a, a father present, um, so I saw hard work. That's the point I'm getting at. I saw hard work. I saw my grandmother work very hard. I saw my mother work very hard, and even my uncle who was who was around. Uh, I saw him work very hard. So that made me think uh, inherently that I had to work really, really hard in order to generate a dollar and I associated hard work and that may be you know spending you know many many hours at one particular job or spending many many hours at several particular uh, jobs and so I always associated working punching a clock as the only way and not just the only way but it was often uh, taught as the noble way for me to, to um, generate money so that I could you know, take care of my needs and so forth. And the reason why I think that's important is because if, if anyone thinks, for whatever reason, that 9 to 5 is the singular way that you can generate money Right from the get-go, they are short-circuiting all the potential that's inside of them, and they are putting it in one ISO saying, as pertains to generating money, this it must be the only way. And if it's not, it is definitely, definitely um, the singular noble way to earn money. The problem with that is, is that is addition-based thinking. What is addition? It is...
0: Yeah, what is addition-based thinking?
1: (laughs) It is one plus one. It is a very slow... It is a very slow and a very um, elementary way of multiplying or, 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 or generating whatever resources it is that you need. So then what would then be a better way? A better way would be Multiplication-based thinking, which says, how do I take whatever it is that I have and cause it to work for me as opposed to me merely working for it?
0: Otis, you are on to something very, very rich here, and I want to back you up because all of you know, you've heard me confess before that's your good love doctor, didn't start out as a clinician. I started out as a hard scientist doing research on monkey brains at the University of Washington Medical School oh so many years ago. So I always look, Otis, at how the brain works. And a child's brain, see, nobody is to blame. If you've got addition thinking, you think one plus one is the only way to go, nobody is to blame because a child's Mm -hmm. brain is a miniature recording device. Mm -hmm. If we can see it, Mm -hmm. hear it, touch it, taste it, or smell it, the child's brain grabs it and begins to believe it's the truth, especially Mm -hmm. if there's an emotional piece to it. It's coming from somebody you love. You think it's the truth. You think it's the only way. And, Otis, what you're getting to is it's not the only way. We're not stuck, are we?
1: No, no, absolutely not. It, it, and and before a person can really um, uh, begin to move into uh, a, a multiplication-based thinking, there has to be a period of time. There has to be this 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 moment. And by moment, I don't mean a matter of seconds, but a moment could just be. A week, it could be a month of when, when a newfound revelation about how you are, why you are, the way that you are comes, and I'll tell you that happened for me uh, when I was in uh, the banking industry. Uh, I, I I I started seeing uh, a different uh, a difference in how those who had means thought. And I started thinking; it it, it immediately caused me to challenge. How is it that I think? And I remember one time, a a a a friend of mine, um, who who was an entrepreneur, he owned a furniture store, and this gentleman was from Senegal. And I asked him a question. I said, "Why does it seem like every day for you is Saturday?" And he chuckled. He laughed. And he said to me, well, I can see why you say that. And in, in a sense, it is like a Saturday for me. He said, let me tell you something, Otis. And he gave me a revelation about, about how I needed to look at how I was earning money. He said, employment is designed to keep you employed. They pay you just enough to come back for two more weeks. When he said that to me, it literally shifted the way that I thought. I said, you know, there is so much inside of me. There are many talents and gifts. I'm loaded. And that's what I want to say. Everyone comes into this earth loaded. Yes, and you know what,
0: just sidebar for 10 (laughs) seconds with me. Sure, sure. Oh, my God, before you start talking about how we're loaded, I went on an assignment for Essence Magazine. Essence asked me to do a piece on Return to the Motherland, and I went to Dakar, Senegal, and I am telling you, everybody I met had a business going. Kids were on the street <laughs> selling boxes of chewing gum. They were up in the morning before the sun came up selling, uh, the, what do you call the long French candy right now, the um, baguettes. I mean, I had never seen people with so many businesses, women selling. I mean, there was even a stall on the street for a woman to do your makeup for you or your mm-hmm. hair you, or get your your, uh, your beautiful clothing. It was amazing. Yeah. So what yeah. you're saying, when you said the, the man was in Senegal, I went, yep, I've seen it myself when I was there, and there is a different mindset. Now, here's mm-hmm. one thing. I need to say this. We had a guide when we were in Senegal. His name was Abdul Sula. I will never forget him. And he said to me, I know why. And he was speaking specifically about African Americans. He said, I know why you African Americans are the way you are. And I was a little offended. I said, what do you mean the way we are? (laughs) Don't talk about, you know, my people like this. And he said... Oh, wait, wait, he said, I mean no offense. He said, but you are us and you were taken away from us. Mm -hmm. He said, we talk about you all the time. We don't know, this is key, he said, we don't know how you survived. Mm -hmm. He said, I would not have survived if I had been taken away from my Mm -hmm. family, my home, my my community, my food. He said, I, I would have died. Mm-hmm. So if you are coming from a history, and it doesn't matter whether you're African American or not, everybody's got some trauma in their history. If you're coming sure. Sure. from your, a trauma history, what Otis is saying is still true for you. You come fully loaded. It's how we heal the trauma and get to that loaded part that Otis is talking about. That's
1: right. That's right. It's, it's, the, it's the process of excavating and finding the treasure that is within. And, and let me add this piece. Um, the, the importance, because there's actually a piece in the book where I talk about the entrepreneurial employee. I'm not saying that employment inherently is wrong. There's, there's nothing wrong with with employment. What I'm saying is is that if you only think that that is your only way to to and here's the word serve because your ability to generate resources really comes from your willingness to serve. That's all it is. If you're working for someone, you're in service. If you run your own business, you are in service. So the truth is, is that true wealth is wrapped up in our willingness to serve. An ophthalmologist serves, uh, uh, and, and, and an optometrist serves people how? By addressing matters concerning the eye. A mechanic serves people how? by addressing matters concerning their modes of transportation. I can go on and on and on. The more willing you are and the more skilled you are at serving, that is the direct link to your ability to multiply and generate more resources.
0: Wow, and I love it that you talk about being of service. Because one of the exercises I teach in my class at Otis is for people to wake up in the morning after they do their, I call it spiritual attunement, and ask, how can I be of greatest service to the most people today? And sometimes that great service is giving the wealth of your beautiful smile or your beautiful positive energy to somebody and just saying, good morning, how are you? It is so important for us to be aware of that idea of service. And thank you, Otis, for bringing that in. You know, we call our seminars Love, Money, and Seva. Seva is a Sanskrit word for selfless service.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so critical. Um, when, when, when we talk about money, and, and, and let's keep it in its proper place, it is an inanimate object that is a tool. But what's amazing to me is how much life we give it. And we either give it life by how we use it or we give it life by how we abuse it. And so before you can say, well, how do I come off of the treadmill of living paycheck to paycheck or how do I transition into a place where I'm learning how to multiply slash invest – you have to get back to the core of why it is that you're doing what it is that you're doing. If anything that you're doing is rooted in selfishness, and let me give an example. I talk about in the book, um, I actually, <clears throat> it is the, cause the chapters I actually call keys, uh, in key number two, or in chapter two, is it, it's titled, When Saving Becomes Wicked. I said, When Saving Becomes Wicked, and I... I challenge the conventional wisdom of a penny saved is a penny earned. And one of the interesting things is, as I thought about and pondered, what was it, uh, I believe, that Ben Franklin was saying when he said that? If I take that quote at face value, then it is telling me that the penny I save today will be equally as useful to me Tomorrow, and I challenge that wisdom because it gives no room for inflation. So, as an example, I was talking with a couple um, uh, more seasoned than myself, and they were telling me, "Yeah, when we were in our 20s or 30s, bread cost, let's say, 56 cents." Well, I know today you can get, you know, a decent loaf of whole wheat for upwards of four dollars. Now. Is wheat any different now than it was then? No. (laughs) Is bread somehow any different than it was then? No. So why is the reason for the increase? What I'm saying is is if we go through life saving and we've never addressed our motivation for why we're saving, then it turns into hoarding because it becomes a fear-based thinking. It's saying,
0: let me save, let me
1: save, let me save, save, and all I'm going to do is save, 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 save. Well, how is that different from anyone who hoards?
0: Because wow, if you don't give, if,
1: yeah, if you don't give usefulness, okay, to what it is that you're saving, so that it can multiply. Again, moving from addition-based thinking to multiplication-based All thinking. All right, let's now, not hold forgive. on,
0: ten seconds. Sure, sure, Otis, sure, sure talk with me. Ten seconds. I want everyone to know you can join the conversation. You can send a question in for Mr. Otis Buckley. You can send it to our Facebook page, and Cliff will pick it up and send it to us. Or you can tweet it to us, either Facebook or Twitter. It's Dr. Brenda Wade. Or you can call in and do it live and talk to us. And that is going to be uh, 347 989 0-7-76. That's 347-989-0776. And we are getting some very deep teachings here. We're getting some very deep teachings going from fear-based thinking and hoarding by savings. Ooh, keep going, Otis. Sure. <laughs> if sure. you want to join the conversation, jump in with <laughs> your question or comment, everybody.
1: Now I know I know these these statements that I'm making are, are can be very provocative, and in, in, in that they test what we've always heard. And I, like many people, have heard save your money, save your money, save your money, save your money. And I know why they said that. They said that because well, we all have heard about the inevitable rainy day. Okay. Well, you know, I get that, and I get you know that. You know, the rainy day idea, the rainy day concept. But what I'm saying is, is if there's no movement in your life, if there's no upward motion in your life and all you're doing is hoarding or saving your money and you're not putting it to use, that is selfish, that is fearful, and I'll take it one step further, It's not coming from a place of love. It's not coming from a place of love. Love gives. No matter how you dice it, how you think about it, at the end of the day, love gives. So how do I take what I'm saving and take it from being a not good thing to making it a good thing? I take it and I give it. Now, when I say give it, I'm not saying give it irresponsibly or give it without, uh, we talk about, you know, whatever you sow that you will reap. Well, any farmer will tell you that if you don't check the condition of the soil, or in this case, whom you are sowing into or whom you are giving into, it's your responsibility as the sower to say, is this good soil? Does this... Don't have the potential to yield and so i say that because many people think well if i just give 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 to whomever whatever whenever wherever that somehow the law of sowing and reaping is going to go into effect well
0: thank you just... so much for addressing <laughs> this Otis. oh my goodness because i will tell you this is a core issue that defeats and sabotages prosperity of so many of the people I have worked with is the overgiving syndrome. Mm-hmm. Giving to people, especially when somebody in a family begins to prosper, mm-hmm. everyone seems to line up with a need. And I don't blame anybody who has a need, but you are saying, let's be responsible because it's not a good idea if somebody just has their hand out to give the handout, keep going and talk more about that, please, because this is a big issue you're addressing.
1: Absolutely, I, I, I in the book, I outlined three, um, three strategies for for multiplying, and I say essentially to be wise in your giving. Okay, and I, I and I also say to set money aside to address the demands of tomorrow. You know there are certain bills that are coming every 30 days like clockwork. Stop being surprised and shocked when those bills come every 30 days. Um, And then I also suggest um, to research uh, when you're talking about different types of savings accounts. I say to research the best accounts. With minimal to reasonable requirements, and, and 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 the reason I say that is, a lot of times people will um, um, they'll have money in a particular bank, and as we all know, the landscape of the of the financial services uh, industry changes, and it changes actually more quickly than people would tend to think. It's not just when a particular legislation goes into place, but sometimes things change because the bank is trying to adjust and make sure that, that they're you know, keeping pace with, with maintaining profitability. Oftentimes, we can have money in an account, and the rules change, and then we rack up service fees. Well, what I'm saying is, if you're not paying attention to certain details, or if you ignore certain details, and $15 a month or $20 a month, is somehow leaking out of your life and you think it's not a big deal or you choose not to look at it. And let me say, a lot of people don't look at what's going on uh, in their bank accounts because a lot of times we don't like to be reminded of how much we don't have. Getting back to your point about fear of lack, Whenever you ignore something that you should be paying attention to because for whatever reason you don't want to confront that thing, right there, what we call willful blindness is what causes so many people to live paycheck to paycheck.
0: Ooh, Otis, that is deep. Because this willful blindness means we're upside down in our relationship with money, and I have a little phrase I say when we go into willful blindness for what I call vagueness with money, mm-hmm. we now have made money our master instead of us being the master of money
1: that's right that's right and and you it, it is a sad. Place to be it is, it is such a, a um, just a really unhealthy place to be when you take an inanimate object and esteem it to a level that it now governs how you do and the types and the kinds of choices that you make as opposed to you mastering over it as you, as you so well said. And governing it, and and that is not uh, a place that you want to be. But I'll be honest, I lived in that place for many years. Uh, in the book, I've been, I, I was. Many people have said, have shared with me, "Wow, I can't believe how transparent you are." Let me tell you, I have made plenty of poor choices when it comes to money, and I'll, I've said it in the book, and I'll say it here on your show. I have. Um, I've experienced, you know, uh, lights being off. I've experienced um, two car repossessions. I've experienced um, being evicted, you know, in my my, uh, early 20s out of my first apartment. I've gone through that, and I know exactly what that looks like. But it wasn't until I had a conversation with Otis, and I said, Otis, why do you – what made me think like that? What what made me ignore the things that I should have been playing, paying close attention to? And I'll tell you what it was. It was this, this... It was the... It was the cross or the intersection, if you will, between what my ideals were versus what my current reality was. And what I'm saying is when a person has ideals, they think, I should be at this point by 30 or 35 or 40 or 45 or whatever. And they're not at that point. They don't want to confront anything that reminds them of where they thought in their mind that they should be. But, but I challenge that and I say, who's to say that your path is the same path as another person? And because the only reason why a person does that, and the only reason why we, we, we hit this brick wall when we're confronted with our, our our ideals versus our reality, I guarantee you that happens because we compare ourselves to other people. And the worst thing that any person can do is make a comparison between them and someone else, as if to say that... Life is a one-size-fits-all, and that is just not the case.
0: Oh, Otis, you are absolutely sharing deep truth, and I want to connect the dots to something you said earlier. You said growing up, you watched your mom, you watched your grandmother working really, really hard, and your dad wasn't there, so there's a place where our money reflects. What we see, and in watching your parents, your mom, your grandma, struggle, there is some idea here that money equals struggle. And so the lights going off and the things you went through in your early 20s, all of that is part of the struggle pattern because I know a lot of people go through that. So... Take a look at your money pattern. Otis is pointing you right down the, the path here to freedom because when we see it, we can heal it. We can name it. We can change it. And Otis, talk about debt because so many people have this question, how did I get in all this debt and how do I get out of it? So please, sure. please talk about that because I know we have a lot of people. Now, by the way, if you have a question, Go ahead, if you're listening live, you can send that question in to Dr. Brenda Wade on Facebook, Dr. Brenda Wade on Twitter, or give us a call at 347-989-0776, and Cliff, if a question comes up, let us know. Just cut right in and let us know, okay? And we do have, here we go, we do have a Facebook question, Otis, if you would take this. Sure, sure. <laughs> and it's about what I just raised. It's about debt. <laughs> See, this person says, I've been working to get out of debt for five years, and I'm still caught in a cycle of debt. How do I break it? Sure,
1: sure. Um, here's the thing. I- I'll-, I'll-, I'll address that this way. Um, one of the keys in the book I have is actually called The Arrogance of Debt. And I started this chapter off with a myth a fact, and the truth. And the common myth about debt is borrowing is a way of life. No, that's a myth. <laughs> the fact is, most people do have debt of some kind. But the truth is debt is an impediment to financial freedom. So number one, you don't, as some have said, rob Peter to pay Paul. What do I mean when I, when I say that? Don't get into any new debt as a means of trying to escape prior debt. So many times as a banker I've seen people come in and they wanted to open up a new credit card so they can take that credit card and then roll the balance over to the new credit card and because maybe there is some, you know, 6 month waiver of, you know, interest, and so it may be 0% for six months, but here's the deal. It wasn't debt that attacked us. What happened was was that we voluntarily entered into debt without any plan as to how we would repay it. So many people go into a financial, go into a financial commitment without thinking of an exit strategy. You never go into something without thinking or anticipating what mechanisms or plans do I have in place to get out of that thing. And so, until we can do that, until we can do that, um, we'll just continue to repeat the same behavior. So, getting out of debt is about behavior modification. You have to modify that. Number two, you have to look at what kind of debt it is that you have. Is it revolving debt or is it installment debt? What do I mean when I say that? revolving debt does just what it sounds like. It revolves. So like with a credit card, you you get a certain line amount of credit, you run that credit up, you can pay it down. Once you pay it down, you can use it again. So it revolves, goes around and around in a circle. Well, what is installment debt? Installment, meaning I'm making equal value payments for an extended period of time. That time is called the term. Now, if we're talking about which an example of that would be like an auto loan. Depending on what kind of debt we're talking about, depending on the amount of debt that we're talking about, and depending on the interest rate on that debt will determine the best way to attack that debt. But again, you have to realize that you did not get into it necessarily overnight. So you cannot think that you're somehow going to jump out of it tomorrow once you change your mind. But... Once you do change your mind, that begins your process for getting out of it. So the thing that I suggest to most people is, number one, let's devise a strategy. Number two, be patient. And number three, stay intensely focused. One of the things that that has helped me um, um, with regards to debt personally is, I say this to people sometimes, and they and they kind of, you know, say, well, what do you mean? To a person who's in debt who wants to get out of debt, the feeling you feel right now about that debt, because you even come to the place where you say, I want to get out, this feeling that you feel right now, remember it. Remember it. Decide I don't want to be here again ever. Decide that I don't want to my financial freedom to be somehow impaired by an entity or an individual. Remember this moment, and, 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 and it, it is in these moments where we have these, these, these revelations where we say, there's, some, there's a better way for me. This is not how I was meant to live. And, and, and the ironic thing about debt, the interesting thing about debt, is that the more debt we get into – the more we have to work and the more we have to work hard and the more we have to sweat by our brow just to keep pace with the existing debt and so it creates this 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 really um terrible cycle. so many people live in that cycle because we've accepted that debt is the way to prosperity rather than And
0: Otis it- Odin, sure. please let me say that what you're describing is a way of life for so many people, and I want everyone to know that what you're describing begins to take a toll on us in terms of our health and our well-being. It takes a toll, because this is a Good Love Radio Show, let me remind you. It takes a toll on your love life, everybody. Because if you're feeling worried and stressed and depleted, you don't have energy to show up as a love partner in a way that's healthy. That is why the number one cause of divorce are fights over money. So please take this in. And we have another question that's come (laughs) in through Facebook. Let me give you this question, Otis. And if you want to join the conversation, keep the questions coming. Facebook, Twitter, or you can call us if you want to talk to us live. We appreciate the questions. Hang on, Otis, I'm going to pull this up for you. Sure. That um, from Facebook. I have so many commitments from child support to credit cards and living paycheck to paycheck. I'm thinking about bankruptcy. Is that a good solution?
1: Here, here's <laughs> here's how I will answer.
0: Yeah, this is a real question, so. Yeah, yeah, here's how I'll
1: answer bankruptcy questions. The thing to, the thing, let's, let's put bankruptcy in its, in its perspective, okay? I'm talking, I'm going to, to answer this, yes, as a person, but as someone who has spent many, many years in the financial services industry, and I've had many clients who have come to me with this exact same question about bankruptcy. Bankruptcy, is on paper an admission of failure. When a person decides to go into bankruptcy, they're saying, I am willing to admit that I fell short of my obligations. I did not do what it was that I said I would do to whom or whatever creditors I had. The problem with that is the moment you admit defeat on paper, that will hover and stay with you on paper for many, many, many years. And so I think when we talk about bankruptcy from that perspective, rather than a quick, fast, relief of pressure that people so many people try to 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 propose bankruptcy i think it will cause a person to think about filing bankruptcy before they actually do it do you want to admit for the next seven eight and in some cases nine to ten years that i failed to meet the obligations that i said that i would meet because here's what happens. There's this part of credit that is called well, two parts, two Cs. One is character. One is capacity. Character says, "I don't do the things that I say that I'm going to do." Now I'm telling you how a bank's going to look at it, how 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 a financial entity will look at it. I don't do the things that I'm say that I'm going to do. Number two, it says, "I don't have the capacity to fulfill the obligations." Going forward, now I'm, sa- I'm not saying that I agree necessarily with every point on that style of underwriting, but that nonetheless is the reality. So if you file bankruptcy, know that you are for the next seven to ten years admitting defeat, and that is going yes, to Yes, and hugger- the, bank,
0: the bank penalizes if you go for a loan; you're going to pay a higher rate of interest later. Now let me let me weigh in here from sure. my position as the good love doctor and as a psychologist. If you have if you have gotten to this point of feeling defeated like I can't handle it, first I want to say to you, forgive yourself. It's okay. All it means is you're human. And we have all fallen short, every one of us. I have had my own financial struggles. Otis has confessed to his. It's part of our learning and our growth. And when we learn better, We do better. That's why Otis wrote this wonderful book, and that sound you hear in the background, that rumbling, Otis, that's people running to get the book. Okay, the book is called (laughs) Payday Proverbs, everybody, and you can go to paydayproverbs.com. You can get it. I know it's on Amazon, too, but I want you to stay in touch with Otis Buckley through paydayproverbs.com. That's his website. So run, do not walk, run, and get the book. I'm teaching a class right now on healing the fear and frustration around money. And Otis, I'm inviting you right now publicly to be a guest speaker for the class. So we will book you and hook you up because you have so much wisdom to share. Now, let me say the other thing that is crucial about bankruptcy. My experience having worked with literally thousands and thousands of people who have read the books I've written that all touch on love and money and service in our classes, thousands of people who have been healing their money, I call it money madness, and everybody has some form of it. When you file bankruptcy, you don't correct the underlying pattern. Right. The same pattern surfaces again in my experience. And Otis, I hear you jumping in. Go right ahead. Yeah. They do this, it again, is, right?
1: Absolutely. This is the thing. This is the thing. And I'm so glad you said that. I've had several high net worth clients. Notice what I'm saying. High net worth clients who overcame bankruptcy, or as we call it in the industry, the BK, and I want to first say it is something that you can overcome, but to your point, to your point, doctor, it is so critical that we don't apply topical treatments to something that is far deeper than that, and that is what choices did I make? What about my value system caused me to make the kinds of choices that I made, whether they be to get in over my head in some way or whether um, I took a, an apathetic, very passive approach to, 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 there's a proverb that says that a wise person sees trouble coming and steps aside to preserve themselves and I just wonder how many times has a person seen something coming down the road a year two year three years out and for whatever reason just continue to go through life through the, the routine of life and just thought well it'll work itself out or as they say I'll cross that bridge when I get to it <laughs> how many times have we found ourselves under the massive weight of debt on the brink of deciding what do I do? How do I respond once it is facing me head on? I say to that, don't apply, don't take a topical treatment. Address it at its core and at its root. This is all about behavior modification how do i make the moment by moment decisions that can help me not find myself in this particular situation again there's yeah. only there's 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 two there's a thing we can control and then there's a thing we cannot control the thing we cannot control There's many things we can't control, but the one thing I want to say that we cannot control is what other people say and do. The thing we can control is what will we say and what will we do. In other words, our response to a matter.
0: Exactly. And, you know, Otis, you're getting into one of the chapters of your book that I really like, which is the Keeping Up with the Joneses. The feeling that, you know, how we, I call it, looking good while feeling bad, that we have to keep up this, this kind of act around how we look and what other people think. And you just brought that up when you're talking about how we are so conscious of what other people think. You know, I actually bought a book once, Otis, only for the title I never even opened the book. I just wanted it on my bookshelf because the title of the book is "What You Think of Me" is none of my business. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that that particular chapter, uh, key number nine. Um, here's here's how I'll speak to that. Um, again, starting each chapter off with a myth, a fact, and a truth. The myth is, it matters emphasis on matters, how you look. A fact is people do make initial assessments based on our appearance. But what is the truth? Here's the truth. Possessions represent the very least of who we are.
0: Mm, Explain that, Otis.
1: In other words, if Our value is determined by a car, a home, a suit, a pair of shoes. If our total value is based on that, that is the cheapest, most insignificant part of who we are. You know why? Because... You are a person. And when you realize that your true value is not in what you own or what you wear, you can then prioritize possessions and keep them in their proper place. Am I saying it's wrong for someone to own a pair of, you know, 300, 400, 500 dollars 600 dollars shoes. No:, that's not what I'm saying. Jimmy
0: Choo, you're talking about Jimmy Choo now.: <laughs>
1: <laughs> What, I'm, what enough, I'm saying, we all
0: know <laughs>
1: <laughs> What I'm simply saying is is whether it's Jimmy Choo or Alan Edmond or Stuart Weitzman or
0: yeah.
1: whoever, that is the very least of who you are.
0: Yes, and may I say, Otis, one of the things I'm teaching in that class that you're now going to be speaking for is how to plan. It's okay to have those things as long as you plan for them because when you plan to spend your money on an item and you put that money aside and there it is, you take it and go to the store with it in an envelope in cash, not with your credit card, not with your credit card. Don't take any checks or credit cards when you go in the store. That's one way to correct the debt cycle. But you have discretionary money. I just taught the whole class just yesterday on how we put aside discretionary money for planned, pleasurable spending because it gives us power over our money. And when you do that, you can have all the fancy, lovely things that you want as long as you have it planned. It's not an impulse, and it's not a compulsion. So, Otis, we only have a short time left, and there are a couple of things I have to ask you to address. On that journey, coming out of money struggles, coming out of debt, coming out, what are the most important steps that you took course correct, and that you would say these are the three things you must do to course correct? Sure.
1: Number one, admit there are things you do not know. Admit that there are things, particularly money matters, and even things about your past, you know, the things that, that have influenced you to make the kinds of choices that you've made. Address those matters. Admit that there are the things you do not know. Once you do that, you say, you know what? Because this is what happened to me. I said, you know, there are things I don't understand about money. There are things that I don't understand about why I choose to make the kinds of purchases that I make. There is, I was trying to figure out why do I spend for what I want and borrow for what I need. And when I started to address those matters, and that happens, that has to happen within your own self, away from people, and you confronting yourself and thinking back and literally walking through the process of saying, I don't know what's wrong. Because when you say you don't know what's wrong, you can now get on the road to discover what was wrong. The second thing I had to do, I had to separate myself from people who thought the way that I thought prior to that moment. So, if I'm surrounding myself around people who always know where the sales are. <laughs> they always know what's on discount. They always know where the two for buys are. They always know and can come up with ways for me to spend, but they never have discussions about how I could invest, what different uh, saving uh, programs that are out there, then I'm only getting a one-sided perspective and I'm only surrounding myself with people who think just like me. So you have to separate yourself from those voices who will ultimately encourage you to do the same things that you were doing before. Thirdly, seek out knowledge seek out wisdom there is a scripture that says that if you ask for wisdom it is given to you liberally freely without restraint i think if we understood that there is access to wisdom we would probably tap into it a lot more so i had to do that the deal about that is though it's not often instantaneous Sometimes wisdom comes through experience over a course of time. So don't think because you're seeking wisdom on Monday at 12 that you're going to get it by 145. Sometimes you may get it tomorrow or next week or next month, but just continue on that course. So that's what I would say in three short answers.
0: Great advice, Otis. And one of the things that's so crucial is I want everyone to write down these three points that Otis just made, especially we don't know what we don't know. We can't know what we don't know. And money is like love. It's one of those things that we all want and need and we all handle in our lives. Either we handle it well or we don't. And if we learn better, we'll do better because we don't get any training in school about money or love. We don't learn about it when we go to college. We don't learn about it in our job training. We don't learn about love and money. So we have to go to the trouble to educate ourselves to get that wisdom. So the first place you're going to start on your journey to money wisdom is you're going to pick up Payday Proverbs. And I have a gift for everybody who is listening, whether you're listening live or via download. I want you to send me an email at love at And I'm going to give you a free ebook that is from my Power Choices collection. So you can make more powerful choices with your money. And if you haven't ever signed up for a class, consider signing up for the class Healing Fear and Frustration Around Money and Getting to powerful prosperity. And I can tell you right now that I am going to be inviting Mr. Otis Buckley again and again as a speaker because, Otis, your wisdom and your depth is amazing, your conviction and your heart. And the way that you are speaking from your own journey, your own experience is so valuable. Because it's one thing to be a financial professional. It's another to be somebody who's been in the trenches and had to turn it around. So I want to thank you for being so open, so honest, so absolutely just with us. And I love what you said about getting with people who will talk to you about investments and saving, not about how you can go spend some more of your money. You know, I spend spend time around high net worth individuals. And it always surprises me because the first thing they say to one another is, hey, where are the deals? What are you working on? And they don't mean deals like sales. They mean where are the good opportunities to invest and make more money? So Otis, we're going to have you back for another show where you can talk about investment and how to grow your money and the things we need to do right now today, we're talking about turning around those old patterns, everybody, getting to a place where you free up all that energy, all that stress tied up in money, so you get out of fear and get into faith. So special thanks, everybody. Send a big wave of love and thanks to Mr. Otis Buckley. Otis, you'll be back with us again soon. And we want to thank our wonderful producer, LaGrande Green, and thank Cliff Dunning, our associate producer, coming up on Good Love Radio. You're going to get to hear from Ms. Phyllis Newhouse on the science of getting rich. She's been in Forbes magazine three times this year, already grew her business in a so-called down economy into the millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars You'll hear from Jonathan Robinson on Find Happiness Now. And if you want that free ebook, just send me an email to love at docwade.com. You can even send a Facebook or a Twitter note to Dr. Brenda Wade. And do follow us, by the way, on Facebook and Twitter. We're always posting information you can use. And go and pick up Payday Proverbs at dub. 8Aproverbs.com. God bless all of you. And Mr. Otis Buckley, thank you. All right, everyone, till next time on Good Love Radio, blessings. Go out there and prosper.